Jay Rosenthal, you will notice we are in a slightly different setup than we usually are. That's because we're going to do several of these, I think, throughout the summer. Uh, this is BFC Live from my front porch, socially distant from my guest, Matt Maurer from Torque and Mains. We're doing this one because the weather's gorgeous and I'd like to get out of the basement, but also because it changes the dynamic. We can be both socially distanced and speak. Matt, thanks for being here. You're welcome, Jay. Um, it's been a very busy time, COVID notwithstanding, uh, for people that are lawyers in the cannabis space, especially if they deal with people in retail. Has it not? It's true. It's been, um, I don't even want to say business as usual. It's, it's like more than business as usual, um, which is good. But, um, you know, these stores being essential businesses and being allowed to be open um, is great for a lot of reasons, including obviously for people that work uh, in services. <laughs> well, I, th in I thought you were, were going to say people who enjoy getting cannabis delivered to their door. That that as well. Yeah. Um, but no, for for a lot of people, you know, whether you're a consumer, whether you're a business owner, whether you're an employee, a supplier, a service provider, uh, someone like you, people yeah. that things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's been great and and quite busy, so we're thankful for that. Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations about it since March. Um, there's one thing that I uh, came up in. I often find that I'm quoting your Twitter conversations, which is a weird thing. But um, there was a conversation, and I've been thinking about a lot even before this, that there was going to be, during this period of time, March to July, uh, a huge ramp up of retail, certainly in Toronto, but throughout Ontario. That has happened. But I think what is unusual is that usually people see it gradually because they're on the street all the time. I think people are going to sort of come out of their house this summer and their neighborhood is going to look, in some cases, slightly different because there's a lot of retailers in some pretty dense areas, so dense retail density, and there's a lot of retailers open. Um, how do you think that affects uh, both the business aspect if you're going to become a retailer, but also regulators thinking about whether on the municipal level or the provincial level, like what is the right number of retailers to allow? And do they even have recourse right now if they think there are too many? Yeah, it's definitely, I, I agree with you. It's kind of this weird scenario where the stores are still, like we've been deprived of stores in the province for so long and here they come, but everyone's locked in their houses and can't see them opening. So, so you know, it's like you'll come out to this whole new cannabis world whenever, I don't know, well, I guess we're in stage two. Sure, you can now. But, you know, when people really get moving on a regular basis, like this for the first time ever in, in months felt like I was actually commuting somewhere in the morning. Uh, sure, sure, sure. A couple blocks. Yeah, to your front porch. Yeah. Um, but no, it's um, we're now up and over at 100 uh, that are opened or licensed to open, should be opened. And um, it's tricky. You know, a lot of retailers and potential retailers um, don't like the fact that they don't know where their competitors are until a store goes into public notice. And, you know, sure, there's things you could do to change it, but that's what the system is right now. So it's difficult because you end up with three, four stores on a corner. You might have ended up with three, four stores on the corner anyway with the mentality of some of these people that um, that's my spot. I struggled to get this lease. I'm going to make this work and I'm going to fight it out for my, my turf, if you will, on the corner. So, And then I, I guess when it comes to the second part of your question is like how much is too much um we'll see we'll see but you know look i'm uh, i was all for from the beginning and i still am allowing there to be effectively as many stores as people want to open um let them decide if it's a worthwhile investment for them let the market decide how many we need let you know how much how many customers can a, a given store service and unfortunately 
um, you know, just like there's people that will do very well over a long period of time, there's people that are not going to last like any other small business. And that's the risk. And that's part of the statistical reality of opening a new retail business. Yeah, it's just that at one point, there wasn't like a mad rush from, two, from 25 stores to 100 coffee shops. All the ones. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's fair. And it's, it's going to be interesting not even to see, um, you know, who survives and how well they do. Um, but just, you know, like I said, how many customers a given store can support and how many do you need in a neighborhood? And can a neighborhood easily support multiple stores like most neighborhoods have multiple coffee shops and no problem. Right. Uh, more people drink coffee than cannabis, I'm sure. For now. Uh, yeah, based on the beverages, I don't think <laughs> a lot of people don't drink much cannabis at all. But Not yet. Yeah, uh, they're working on that apparently. But it, it is interesting to sort of watch it all unfold from a sort of, I think there'll be lots of case studies written about sort of what the right amount are and how sort of how people access them and can people differentiate in the store setting or the delivery setting because the products are basically, they're all the same right now. Well, the interesting thing I found is that uh, when the OCS released its annual report, they had a list of the top five most popular products in each category. And maybe this was an oversimplistic way of thinking about it, but I noticed that the same brands that were in the top on the OCS website were also essentially the same brands, with some exceptions. There was one category, I don't remember what it was, where it was mm -hmm. very different. But the rest were almost identical, if not one slight change, and it got me wondering whether um, any effective marketing is actually happening at the retail level. Um, and I would say based on that, the answer is no, yeah. um, because whatever people are buying online is the same stuff that's being purchased in the stores, which to me, again, maybe it's overly simplistic, but it means whoever's in the store, maybe they're not trying and that's fine too. You right. know, that's not their job necessarily, um, but they're not... Uh, creating a, a difference in the brands that are being purchased at the store level. Well, that, but also it covered such a period of time that the early part of the report, there weren't the product, the shelves weren't full, right? Th 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 those SKUs had the most shelf space because they were the ones that could be supplied the most. Right, right? fair. And for a long period of time, the overwhelming majority of the province probably still does. Well, I don't know. It'd be interesting to check the statistics, but we're buying online, so the this the the sales in the stores were actually right. probably a, right limited, a very yeah. limited. And it's also interesting because now with t 2.0, and we had on um, the CEO of Indiva uh, uh, last week, two weeks ago, and Bang Chocolates, which is the lowest cost if you sort by price on the OCS, it's what comes up, and the, it's the fastest, the highest velocity skew I think on the OCS. Certainly in that category. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. We're sort of shifting from like a um, looking at retail and how many stores there are and when are they going to open and when are they going to lift the cap. And now we're, you know, some people have been following it in detail the whole time, but the product sort of focus, and Bang Chocolate's a great example because it, it seems to be, like anecdotally, very popular. Like you see it pop up in social media, yeah. from not, not from the company, no, but no, no. from consumers saying, yeah. love this, yeah. foray shows up a lot, the, yeah. the Aurora. But again, it, and, and this is, go back to sort of the early days of flower it's like it's on the shelf too like they've right. been they were very direct and we ha you know we spoke with neil moreto from indiva in 2018 he said we're not going to hit the shelves unless we can keep that thing on the shelf right right and they can well it'll be an interesting study like you said when like when it's all said and done or you know a few years from now to say you know um let's use bang chocolate is it is it the most popular because it's most consistently in stock is it because all it took was a few people to take it and realize that it works for them in whatever fashion mm -hmm. that was supposed to be. So word of mouth is now spreading. Uh, like I'll tell you, I don't have chocolates, but um, that's one that I've heard of uh, from people talking yeah. about it. Yeah. And there's probably three or four more. Yeah. 
and then there's a whole bunch that I just yeah. if I look at the OCS website, it's probably say that's the first time I've ever right. seen this. And not, or not yet. Like, and I guess would it even matter? Like, it doesn't matter if you've built the brand based on sort of stocking shelves or because people really like it and they're buying it over and over again. It's the repeat customers. That's what I've learned from our friends at Vetrina. Right. <laughs> it's like repeat customers. Uh, what do they have in their basket? Like all those things matter, and that's what I worry about all the retailers is that they don't. Have, many of them don't have deep retail backgrounds. Right, and it's it's interesting too that we're starting to see sort of significant sales and significant discounts uh, yeah. for either product that wants to be pushed out of the store, uh, or just to generate a buzz around the store, or to whether it's a grand opening or a long weekend or whatever. We saw that early with you know a little bit discounted here mm -hmm. and there, but I've seen some. I'm sure you've seen it lately where there's heavy discounts uh, on a wide variety of products in a store at, at any given time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to unfold. And, and I think we'll see over the next couple of months, one, certainly we're at 100 now, but we'll see the next 100, I think, in rapid fashion as things open up of retail stores. We'll see density in neighborhoods certainly increase in terms of the number of retail stores. We'll see products at the shelves or not. Um, and we'll watch all that and we'll connect with you as well, Matt, as always, um, down the road. And it's been great to connect today on our porch. We didn't plan to wear... The exact same thing. You actually told me that I couldn't come <laughs> unless I wore a black T-shirt with it, no pocket. That's, that's true, but I have the pocket, so we are differentiated. <laughs> uh, I want to thank um, our producer today, Stella Rosenthal. Thank you, Stella, uh, for your work. And thank you, everybody. And um, we hope to be doing these Porch Front BFC Lives throughout the summer. If you are in Toronto or happen to be in Toronto. And have a black shirt. And <laughs> a black shirt. You don't have to have a black shirt. Feel free to reach out uh, at businessofcannabis.ca. We'll do our best to get you on. Uh, Matt Maurer, Torque and Mains, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jay. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We'll see everybody after Canada Day, so we'll be back July 2nd. Happy and thoughtful Canada Day, everybody.